Hello everybody, I hope you are doing well. Welcome back to the first proper episode of Blockchain and Beyond for the year 2023. This episode should be going live on the 1st of January and I say the first proper episode because the episode which I uploaded earlier today was literally a recap of of the previous year about the blockchain space, about this podcast and you know what the future plans are and yeah I kind of I really would just want to jump right into it you know so today I want to talk about proof of reserves and proof of reserves is a concept which has exploded a lot recently in the past you know two to three months especially with the collapse of FTX where user funds were being used for other activities such as trading or even personal stuff in in some cases where a lot of people are demanding a lot more clarity and visibility about the funds that the exchange holds to make sure that you know they have what they what they claim to be holding so i'm going to outline some of the the pros behind it but then also the cons and kind of give my wrap up about it because i'm not fully sold on the idea of proof of reserves at the moment so getting into it so proof of reserves is a cryptographic technique uh, which is used by some crypto exchanges and other financial institutes to prove that they hold um, a certain amount of assets in, in reserves. And the idea behind it is to provide a level of transparency and trust to the customers, and it allows them to verify that the exchange has the assets that it claims to have. So proof of reserves is more of a concept which uses cryptographic techniques. It heavily makes use of Merkle trees, which um, I'm not gonna go into for this video um, that's probably outside of scope but they use cryptographic techniques in a way so once a exchange has published their proof of reserves you can actually verify your holdings on that so if for example i'll take binance for example if binance published proof of reserves i can log into binance i can check my bitcoin wallet on binance and then i can use some cryptographic techniques to verify that my holdings on Binance were actually included in that calculation that was done. So breaking it down, proof of reserves are usually carried out by some sort of third party, so an auditor. Um, and that's probably what, where one of the first problems lies is because there's a very little rules and regulations, no one actually knows how to do a proof of reserves properly or what the standardized procedure might be and what the best way to approach it is how do you face any issues there's there's no standardized like format for actually doing a proof of reserves um, that's probably the first biggest downside that, that i see to it um but let's talk about some of the the pros actually so obviously there's a lot more increased transparency it allows customers to independently verify that the exchange or institute holds the assets that it claims to have and by extension, it reduces the risk of fraud because it provides some sort of evidence that that company actually holds the assets. So a, a situation like FTX, where user funds were being effectively embezzled um, in some cases and used for other for other activities that weren't necessarily mentioned, it can you know remove a lot of that that worry. Um. And I guess it's just more about financial security. So obviously it's transparency, less risk of fraud, and kind of means that 
you know, it's it's a lot more secure. You can trust that the company actually has what it claims to have. But from my understanding, that's kind of where the benefits sort of end. And there's, there's you know, we can apply a lot of criticisms to proof of reserves to try build, a, you know, a better understanding of it, right? So the first one is complexity because it uses a lot of cryptographic techniques. And the companies who are currently carrying this out have never done it before. This is such a new area that no one knows how to do it. No one knows what's the best way to approach it, how they should change it. You know, what are the rules and procedures that everyone who does these audits should be following, should do, right? And because these are being done by a third party, it naturally reduces the transparency in the sense that you don't know if this third party company is actually being truthful or not. Yes, if they're an auditor, they have, you know, a, a duty of care, you know, and, and their, their duties include being fair and transparent and understanding. But it just adds a layer of complexity that means we can't see through it, which makes it difficult for the end user to have full trust in it. The second issue is cost. So it can require additional resources of getting these auditors in until an in-house solution has been built for it. Um, and the, the other downside is there's no proof that this this company holds these funds long term, right? Proof of reserves is a snapshot of your assets at a certain date and point in time. So there is nothing stopping one exchange, for example, borrowing some assets from another exchange temporarily for a week or a month while this proof of reserve audit is going on to make it look like they're holding, you know, a healthy amount of assets. And then once the proof of reserve snapshot is done, they just return all the funds and, you know, probably pay them a little bit in, in return because they have done, the, you know, a, a really massive favor. So there's a lot of scope for potentially fraudulent activities being done as well. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, provides very limited scope about the other other aspects of financials about a company. <clears throat> you know, when you look at a company, you don't just look at their financials uh, or rather you don't just look at their asset holdings. You need to understand their incomes, their outgoings, you know, and their, their liabilities, their assets, right? So proof of reserves only really looks at the assets and their assets at a certain point in time. Whereas it makes no claims about their income, their outgoings, or their liabilities. If a company has more liabilities than it has assets, there is potentially a problem in the long run. In the short term, it may be acceptable for some businesses. Uh, this could be a result of, say, a cyclical market you know, downturn, where, where the liabilities are a lot higher than the assets. But due to the business model, they are able to sustain themselves through that period right so this could be a cash flowing business like a cryptocurrency exchange where they have relatively f 